listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. When Jesus and his disciples had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. As a bona fide church nerd, I love Holy Week. Does anybody else enjoy Holy Week? You you know, have fond memories from, from when you were a child? I grew up in church. We were in church every single weekend. It it warms my heart to see children singing in in worship this morning because I did that when I was a kid. And that was part of the reason that I love church so much. I I participated. I didn't just show up. I was in choir and and plays and different things, and and that played a role in, in my own faith development. But Holy Week is a special time. What we, we learn about this week is, it, it, we find it mostly in, primarily in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John's gospel doesn't have really a holy week. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke do. We call those the synoptic gospels. And it was literally one week of time from when Jesus entered Jerusalem to when he was crucified and risen. Actually, one week of time from when he entered to when he was raised from the dead. And it, this is the first time Jesus goes to Jerusalem in his ministry, according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because he knew when he went to Jerusalem, he would be killed. He came into uh, the town, and, and he was fulfilling prophecy. It says in Zechariah 9 that the new Messiah would come on the colt of a donkey. The colt of a donkey. Isn't that odd? I mean, Pastor Jay talked about it in his children's message. It's just odd. You know, kings ride horses, Big, strong horses, right? And they they ride horses because horses are a weapon of war. 
Horses were, were, were ridden by the king. They wanted the biggest horse so they could intimidate enemies, intimidate opponents, and, 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 and be successful in their battles. That's why they rode horses. Why would the new Messiah, the new anointed one, the new king, ride the colt of a donkey? Donkeys aren't war animals. Donkeys are beasts of burden. Donkeys are used on the farm. They're used to, to work the ground. They're used to produce food. And so as Jesus is entering Jerusalem, he's making a statement. He's saying, I'm not the kind of king you think I am. I'm not the kind of king you want me to be. I'm coming to, to hammer swords into plowshares. You see, the problem is when war was happening, when the men would go away to war, there was no one to work the fields. And so the people suffered. There was famine. There was a lack of food. And so Jesus is saying, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to pursue war anymore. We're not going to pursue violence anymore. We're going to work the fields. We're going to produce enough food that everyone can live. And so the people are there on the side of the road, and they're shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna to the highest heaven! Now, do you all know what Hosanna means? You know, you know what that word means? Yeah, I love that the children are answering me. That's wonderful. You see, on Palm Sunday, we are required by law as Lutherans to sing all glory, lot, and honor. Anytime we have Palm Sunday, we have to sing all glory, lot, and honor. If we did not sing that, there would be a revolt, right? But the words of all glory, lot, and honor, I don't think the author knew what Hosanna meant. We see the, 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 the refrain, all glory, lot, and honor to whom... To you, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet Hosanna's ring. Hosanna isn't sweet. And it wasn't children crying out Hosanna. Hosanna means please save us. Please save us. And they're shouting it. You in the highest heaven, to you, please save us. Can you you hear us up there? Do you have any awareness of what we're dealing with in this world? Our our children are starving. They're dying. We're being oppressed by government and government and government. doesn't matter who the ruler is. They all take our sons and turn them into soldiers. They turn our daughters into dancing girls. They they, they steal all of our wealth, our our food. We're dying. Can Can you hear us up there in the highest heaven? Please save us. That's what they were crying out. You see, at Jesus' time, when you were born poor, you died poor. There was no opportunity to go to college and get a good job and raise yourself out of poverty. It was the very few political leaders, the very few religious leaders, they were the elite. They were the ones that were fat and full. Everyone else was oppressed and struggling and hurting. And they were victimized and and abused by those in power. In fact, the religious leaders even told the poor, you're poor because God is cursing you. You're poor because you didn't do something right. We're wealthy and, and we're powerful because God is blessing us. What did you do to deserve what you're getting? There was this judgment placed on people. They were crying out. I can relate to this today. Our world is in trouble today. We are hurting today. 
mean, we, since the pandemic, we've seen a, a, a marked increase in anxiety disorders, depressive disorders. We've seen a marked increase in substance abuse and addiction. We've seen a marked increase of, of, of marriages and strife, conflict. But it's not just what's happening within our family systems. We look at our society. Two weeks ago, East High School had a school shooting. And it's their second in a matter of a couple of months. My first 10 years of ministry were spent in Nashville, Tennessee. And y'all heard what happened in Nashville last week. In fact, we got emails and calls this week in our preschool from parents asking, are our kids safe? Are our kids safe at Abiding Hope School? What are you doing to to secure the school? What are you doing to make sure no one's going to come in a back door? This is scary times. I learned this past week that, that the leading cause of death in children 1 to 19 in the United States is gun violence. The leading cause of death for children 1 to 19 in America is gun violence. I don't care what political party you align with, that's wrong. It's scary. It's anxious. And, and here, we're here today. We're crying out to God. Are you there, God? Can, can, you, can you see what's happening down here? We have, we have wars, war in Ukraine. It doesn't seem to have an end. We, we, we have families in, in strife. People are in anguish. Can, Hosanna, can you hear us? Please, please save us. Well, Jesus... Jesus came into Jerusalem, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he went to the temple every day, and he spoke truth to power. He went to the people in the silk robes, the people with authority, and he said, you're blowing it. You're blowing it. You have the capacity to feed the poor. You have the capacity to heal the sick. You have the capacity to to raise up those who are being oppressed, and you're not doing it. You're too, you're too impressed and interested in, in rituals and, 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 and rules and legalism that, that, that oppress and hold people back. You could be making a change. And in those three days of him going to the temple and, and, and challenging the people in authority, they decided he was a threat. He had to go. They needed to do something about him. And on Thursday... Thursday night, after he had a meal with his disciples, he washed their feet. He told them, love one another as I have loved you. He went out into a garden to pray. It was dark. It was nighttime. And that's when the soldiers came. That's when the authorities showed up. See, they couldn't show up during the day because if they had shown up during the day, the people would have risen up and and stopped it. The authorities were afraid of the people, so they had to do it under the cover of night. And, and those soldiers showed up. Peter pulled out a sword, and he cut off one of the soldiers' ear. And Jesus said, put that away. We're not going to change the world with violence. We're not going to change the world by doing things the world's way. It's not going to work. And Jesus healed the ear of the soldier who was there to arrest him. You see, he said, we're going to be different. We're going to be different. And they took him that night, all night, Thursday night, into Friday morning, and they put him on trials. And by 9 a.m. Friday, he was on the cross. They had to get him on the cross before the people knew what was going on. 
But he didn't die like the rest of us. He died differently. I, I, I assure you, if somebody were to drive nails through my hands and feet, I'd be cursing. I'd be saying some mean things back. I don't think I could handle that with grace, right? He did. He didn't curse back. He didn't attack back. He even loved and, and, and offered compassion to his mother and beloved disciple who were watching him die. He provided comfort to the men who were dying beside him. He even forgave the people who drove the nails through his hands and his feet. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. They don't know who they are. They don't know that love is the right path. They don't get it. They think violence is the way. They think wealth is the way. They think power is the way. They don't get it. So forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. You know, an interesting thing, too, is when, when Jesus was entering into Jerusalem, the chief priest turned to Jesus and said, get your people to shut up. Get them to stop shouting like they are. Stop this. Knock it off. And Jesus said, you know what he said back to them? He said, if they stop crying out, the rocks themselves will cry out. The rocks themselves. Have you ever heard rocks cry out? I think what he was saying is, this, this, what he was doing on the cross, what he was doing in, 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 through the resurrection wasn't simply about human beings. It's about the whole of creation. I think the creation's groaning right now. Do you see the storms that went through the middle, uh, Midwest and, and the South this past week and the devastation, a number of people who were killed and hurricanes the last several years, how strong have they been? We see the earth is changing and the earth is groaning and it's crying out. Save us, God. Do you see what's happening in our world? You in the highest heaven, can you hear us? On Sunday morning, some very brave women went to the tomb. The men didn't go. They stayed locked in a room. But these very brave women, and I know we have brave women in this room, they went to the tomb, and they found the stone was moved. And there was a messenger there who said, he's not here. He's been raised. Go tell his brothers. Just as he told them, go tell them that he's been raised. And, and so the women went back and they told the disciples, and a few of them went to the tomb. They saw it was empty, but they still didn't know what this meant. And then Jesus showed up. He showed them his wounds, his hands, and his side, and his feet. And he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, so now I send you. We're going to change the world. We're going to transform the world. But it's not going to happen through governmental systems. It's not going to happen through economic systems. It's not going to happen through power and might or violence or war. It's going to happen because people choose to love and forgive. The world is going to be changed because spouses are going to choose to love and forgive each other. The world is going to change because siblings are going to love and forgive each other. The world is going to change because parents and children are going to love and forgive each other. The world is going to change because coworkers and neighbors are going to love and forgive each other. That's what's going to transform this world. That's what's going to create peace. God has heard your cries. God hears your pain and your anguish. God knows your suffering. But 
Things don't change through power and control. Things change through love. So as we enter into this holy week, don't miss the opportunity this week affords you in remembering who you are and why you're here. Walk with Jesus to the cross this week. Find ways every single day to choose love. Find ways every single day to choose forgiveness. Find ways every single day to choose compassion and mercy, service, gentleness, generosity. Because that's what's going to transform this world. That's what's going to generate peace and hope and joy. This is what it means to be followers of Jesus. This is what it means to walk with him to the cross and ultimately to the empty tomb. We're new human beings. We're a new humanity. We are called into a new creation that lives different than the rest of the world. And just as we cry out to God and and we count on God, God is crying out to us. And God is counting on us to be the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus in the world today and every day so that we and all the world may experience real life. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.